you know how sometimes you just like, meh, I need a clean up. I need, I need to get myself cleaned up. And I'm feeling that way right now, man. Like, I need to shave my face. For all my dudes out there who be shaving, it's about that time. You know when it just, you just look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, man, you look scruffy. You just not, you just don't look right. You need to go get cleaned up. And I'm about hitting that phase. So I need to give myself a nice shave, just clean up the bottom side, get myself looking all professional again. So, you know, when I present myself to the people, they will know that I have arrived. And it is I, the one and only, Kelechi Iwapa. And we are here doing the things that we need to do. Anyway, what's going on, people? It's your boy, Kelechi, and we're back. And I'm back with another one of these podcasts. Welcome back to the Rambling Mind Podcast. As the name says, we ramble a lot on this podcast. But welcome back to those who are returning. And for those who are first time, thank you so much for stopping by. Before we get into anything, I just want to remind y'all, please keep sharing the podcast with those who you, who, who you think can benefit from this podcast. And keep listening, coming back every week. We release these podcasts on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. We do this two times a week. So come back, check out the new episodes. If you are enjoying what you're listening, leave a review on whatever on whatever podcast you're listening to. And make sure you give me them five stars, five stars, five stars review because it's beneficial. And just let me know what ways I can improve on this podcast you can always hit me up on my Instagram or my Twitter both of them it's Leechimane that's L-E-E-C-H-I-M-A-N-E so you can check me and hit me up on there and if there's anything you want to ask me or share with me on those platforms or you want something you think I should cover on this hit me up on those on those platforms and I'll try to get back to you and try to incorporate this thing I want to make this thing not just a one-sided conversation but I want it to be a two-way thing so once again welcome back people I hope y'all had a wonderful weekend I had a pretty laid-back weekend you know how sometimes you just have a weekend when you ain't do anything but you do a lot of stuff it was kind of one of those it's like there's stuff that needed to be taken care of and I took care of those stuff I didn't really do anything but I did a lot of stuff it was like the necessary stuff like the cooking for the week the cleaning you needed to clean the uh shopping you needed to get shopping by that I mean like groceries and all that kind of stuff, taking care of the business that needs to be taken care of so you can keep on moving and trucking about during the week. But yeah, I hope y'all are having a wonderful one and I hope y'all are into this week and it's been going great for y'all and it's been going smoothly for y'all. But let's get right into the topics of today. We're going to start off with a news that just hit in California. It was a bill that was passed for reclassification of contract workers. And basically, the reclassification is from them going from just being basic contracts to them getting uh, the same status as employees. Or let me rephrase it. Classification of contract workers that carry out the key functions of the business. So what that means is basically they can't be classified as contracts anymore, but then they can, they will be have to be classified as employees, which would give them rights to things like minimum wage, and unemployment insurance and some benefits that are given when you're a full, when you're an, a, an employee of a company. So this was, uh, passed in California and it was, um, said to affect over 1 million workers in California, which is very interesting. Now, this is going to affect a lot of companies like Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, 
to name a few. These are companies that depend on contract workers to carry out the the core function of their business, like Uber with their driver, Uber and Lyft with the drivers, DoorDash also with the drivers and the deliverers. Unlike when you have like Papa John's or Pizza Hut, they actually hire those delivery ve- uh, delivery people to work for them rather than um, in DoorDash and Uber and Lyft. It's different because they hire people off the street, where it's just kind of like anybody can do it. You don't have to go through the whole hiring process. It's just like you sign up and you deliver and we'll pay you a, a little bit of money to do that stuff for us. And this is really, really going to affect these companies, especially DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft, especially DoorDash already had a scandal and Uber has had scandals earlier in the year in the way that they pay their workers. The workers are always complaining that we are not getting paid enough for what we do for these companies. And this is trying to, to kind of answer that call that has been going on the, in the labor force. And it's going to affect these companies even more so because Uber is not very profitable right now. Uber is still very much in debt it hasn't really made the investors the money that it should be making by now you would think a big company like uber as big as it is it has all this money but it's still very much a cost center it's it's not yet a a a something that gives money back to the investors it's not yet an earning center it's more of a cost center where they have to keep putting money into it in order for it to get to the point where it can start making money where it can start having earnings that the investors can finally start getting that money back so this is a huge deal for companies like those but then on the other hand this also plays a role in other labor markets and also it doesn't just affect california this will send ripples through other labor uh, labor markets all across the united states for example janitors construction workers and security guards will begin to get spots on payroll where they don't just like get paid by an an outside company but actually get paid from the company and will be on the payroll of the company which means that they'll get the benefits that employees within the company get and it, it means that you can't just hire somebody off the street through a contract company through a company a separate kind of company if that person is doing a key function to your business now the argument for companies like uber lyft and doordash is they say they are not like for example uber says it's not a technology it's not a it's not a taxi and service company but it's a technology company where it connects drivers to uh riders and it says all it is is an in-between for that connection but most people will not see it the same way most people see uber as uber a, a service to help me get a car from one place to another it's not for me to connect to somebody else to do it even though that's part of it but that's not how most people see it but that's how uber has been looking at itself it's never seen itself as a taxi service it always says that it is a way for riders to connect to drivers but yet in order to do that it always has to hire drivers through contracting so it's a very big deal and this doesn't just affect the regular labor markets as we know it the regular contracting markets as we know it like i was talking about janitors construction workers and those kind of in those kind of uh ways but it also affects excuse me also affects things like ncaa basketball players one of the things about, and not just basketball players, but NCAA sport athletes in general, because one of the biggest things is NCAA is always fighting. Oh, these guys are not employees. These guys do not work for us. These guys are not supposed to be paid. They are student athletes. They are student athletes. They are student athletes. But with this new law that's passing, what can end up happening is because they perform the key function of the NCAA, which is they play the sports that the NCAA monetizes on. 
the NCAA might end up having to classify, have, being forced to classify student athletes as employees under their brand of the NCAA. And so that's a big deal. So we're, we're going to see once if the governor signs this bill, we're going to see a lot of ripple effects from this bill being passed. We're going to see what, what does that look like? Not just for California, but the, what does that look like across the United States? Because businesses like Uber, Lyft, DoorDash that are across the United States will have to change their policy, not just for one state, but for multiple, for their entire business, for everything that they do. So it, we're going to see a lot of ripple effects from this policy. But Uber, of course, they're, they're fighting this thing in legislation. All these companies are fighting the legislation to make sure that this thing, even if the governor signs it, they're going to fight it to make sure that it doesn't go through. So that's just something to note. And it's, it's a pretty interesting topic. And I think it's something that we should keep, we'll keep, I will continue to keep an eye on it just to see where it comes out. So moving on from that, we're going to our boy in the White House, as some people call him president in tweets, but President uh, Trump, this one is actually, I think, a beneficial thing that is actually going on in the White House. The Trump administration is working on banning all flavored forms of e-cigarettes in the United States. We've been talking about Juul. We've been talking about e-cigarettes. We've been talking about these companies and all the... uh flavors that they have and how it's uh, causing a problem for teenagers and them being addicted to e-cigarettes and and so many that it's not really doing what they say it's supposed to be doing which is supposed to be an alternative for people who want to get off of cigarettes and and rather it's a lot of teenagers because of the flavors the 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 beautiful flavors that they have the fruit flavors the candy flavors all these different flavors that they have it's becoming an epidemic where young uh, high school students are, are really the ones who are vaping and smoking. And so the Trump administration is looking into completely banning all forms of e-cigarettes. And it's just what we've been talking about. It's something that we, they are seeing a decrease in the use of cigarettes, but there's a spike, a massive spike in the use of, um, e-cigarettes. The De- decrease in cigarettes and increase in e-cigarettes. And especially in the younger generation, it's kind of like now e-cigarettes is the cool thing. Vaping is the cool thing to do in schools. And there's a massive spike in the number of people that are doing it that are not over the age of 21. And so there are different things that are going into play. People are trying to figure out how do we counter this thing? And one of the ways is to take away the flavors, the, the, the beautiful flavors, all the sweet flavors that people love to smell when they're smoking these things. And if you do that, you'll be able to limit the amount of people that are buying this thing. Because at the end of the day, I don't like the smell of smoke. The presumptuously, most people don't like the smell of smoke. So if you take away the, the flavors, the sweet flavors, it will reduce the amount of people that are using these products. Moving on from something that is good into something that makes you kind of, uh, what exactly is going on? So we talked about how the Trump administration was looking to reducing some of the environmental rules that were put in place by the Obama administration. So last time we talked about how they're reducing the amount of restrictions they put in companies about how they take care of the manufacturing of coal, not manufacturing of coal, but rather the use of fossil fuels, how they have to put in scrubbers and those kind of things to make sure they're not pumping all these negative things into the environment. Well, now there's another one that they're also taking a look at reducing and taking a step back from what the Obama administration did. And it's basically removing the amount of waterways that the Obama administration had placed 
as a federal waterway in order to protect it. So during the Obama administration, about 60% of all waterways in the United States had been placed as a federal waterway in order to ensure that they're being kept clean, in order to ensure that the environment is being upheld to the standard that needed to be the ecosystems around those waterways. Because one of the key things for ecosystems is water. Water is so necessary. And if you take care of the water, the ecosystems will thrive. It was a big thing that the Obama administration was really focused on, making sure that whatever company, whatever factories or whatever uses a waterway or uses water from a source, they make sure that they're not allowing the water to go back to that source dirty and 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 basically impacted in a negative way. Well, the Trump administration is taking a step back from that and saying that it is just too much protection and it's too much federal body is taking too much liability that the states should have for themselves. And so they're trying to remove those restrictions from them. But the ironic thing is like a lot of industries are not happy about the step being taken. You would think that the opposite would be, would be happening where industries would be happy about reduced restrictions being placed on them, but they're not happy. The farming industry, the mining industry, which is big and oil and gas industries, which is crazy to think about that these companies are upset with them taking a step back with them thinking about reducing those restrictions. It's the thing I've been saying, like companies are no longer betrothal just to legal works. It's now very much their customers. And if customers feel like you are doing the wrong thing, they won't use your product and companies know this. So they're not very happy with the Trump administration doing this. And they're in talks with the Trump administration and talks with the EPA talking about, no, do not take a step back from this. We do not need these restrictions to be reduced, especially farmers is understandable when farmers are like, look, we need clean water to be able to grow these products. We don't understand why you're taking these uh, limitations and restrictions back because of course there's always those companies who don't care either way and also companies as a whole they're also betrothal to their investors and investors are like yo if we don't have to spend this money having to do all this stuff then they'll spend this money but the ceos are like well we are answering to our customers as well and if we can't sell this product we can't make the money and all this kind of stuff so a lot of companies depend on the government putting some restrictions in there so they are forced so they can show to the investors and say hey we are forced we have to do this thing and so it's just one of those things where it's interesting to see the Trump administration rolling back all these guidelines that has helped us to get where we are with the environmental protections we have going on now with a lot of where we've seen improvements in our ecosystem improvements in the environment just over the last 10 years or so of just some of the things that was done in the Obama administration to enforce taking care of the environment a little bit harder and so it's just interesting and then this leads me to another topic that makes you scratch your head as to what is going on in the trump administration so don't the the trump administration is looking towards suspending an obama rule where companies were forced to submit their their data on the on their on wage data oh man i can't talk where companies were forced to reveal their wage data and submit that in, information about all their employees to the government and this is the u.s equal employment opportunity commission and so now that commission which is no longer the which was created i believe during the obama years is now under the trump administration and now they're rolling back and they're looking to suspend the collection of that pay data of that wage data and this 
on on the face of it they say that the reason they're doing it is because that's just too much information there's actually something called the hold on a second i gotta tell it to you because you guys won't believe me if i just said this thing they invoked the paperwork reduction act so yes that is a thing it is a thing they can invoke to help that the paperwork is basically too much of a burden on the government to be able to do what they need to do and fulfill their tasks and so the reason why this is important and it's important to note that in the last eight years where we've seen the pay gap equality inequality shrink where we're seeing payments for women and minorities increase over the last eight years or so is because of this task force that was commissioned that was this commission that was created and because of companies being forced to open up their books and being forced to show the government that they are not being unequal the gap that we've had over that last eight to ten years or so and it's shrinking now it does the people are afraid that that's gonna we're gonna see a reverse of that again because with them not being forced to show their books, with them not being forced to share that data with the government, even if the government was looking at it or not, but just the idea that the government might look into them specifically was forcing companies to pay people more equally and to give people opportunities that otherwise they wouldn't have been given. And so the fear is that now we're going to go back to a reverse state where a lot of minorities, a lot of women and are not going to be paid what they should be paid just because of the color of their skin, the way they look, or because they're not a man. And so it's just another thing that's just head scratching as to why you need to do this. Like it doesn't, I don't understand what brought or made them think, oh, let's look at this thing as one of the key things that we need to repeal and pull back on. I just don't understand and I really don't get it. I don't agree with it, but hey if you know something that i don't know please share with me so i can understand it now moving on to another thing that it's an ongoing drama let's talk about the trade war let me give you your trade war update so the latest trade war update is this and it's a good update for the most part because if you if you pay any attention to the stock market you notice that the stock market was on the up and up because this was announced trump decided that he's gonna delay the five percent increase that he had originally planned to put into effect i believe on september 15th or so i'm not sure about that date please correct me if i'm wrong i'm sorry and he was gonna delay it until october 15th and this was gonna be an increase of five percent on over 250 billion worth of goods and that hike was going from 25 percent that was already in place to be 30 and this was in trump's word a good just a gesture of goodwill then this was because china asked for this to be given for there to be a delay because china was celebrating the 70th 70th anniversary of their republic so that's your trade war update it is a positive thing and it's a positive sign because also the u.s and china will be having a discussion about the trade war coming up next month i believe the beginning of october so it's all positive signs that we have seen right now but the trade war definitely is still going on and there's no it's not ending anytime soon as far as i can tell from what both countries have been saying moving on from that into some retail news into some uh more business topic so walmart is launching a same day delivery service for 98 dollars per year walmart like we've talked about in the past 
is one of the few companies that can actually go toe to toe with Amazon, with Amazon's delivery services and all these things. Like last time we talked about Walmart, we talked about how their earnings was was a lot better than what was expected. And also we talked about how they're one of the few companies that can actually go at Amazon and provide a service that Amazon otherwise cannot provide. And now they're pushing that a little bit more further and trying to take that next step to provide what people want, which is people don't want to leave their house. We are lazy. We don't want to go anywhere. And it's provide, providing that same day delivery service. But just like Amazon where you pay $99, actually now it's $140 per year for Amazon service. You pay $98 per year so you can have same-day delivery service. So if you order something today on on, at, on Walmart.com, you get it in your house before the day ends. And so it's just another way we're seeing how retail companies can survive in this market of Amazon's disruption and, and e-commerce taking over everything. But on the same note, we have other retailers like Forever 21 filing bankruptcy. So we're seeing, and and then on the other hand, we're also seeing Old Navy growing and exploding. Like I said the last time, the only way if you're a retail company you can survive in this market, the only way retail companies are going to survive is is by giving people something that they feel that they really want. Not just being another retail company, not just being another retail store that I, I can buy something for, but providing something that people really look to and say, you know what? I like that store. If you think of Old Navy, what do people think about? Deals, 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 and more deals. And so Old Navy is actually outperforming its parent company. In case you don't know, Gap owns Old Navy. It's so outperforming its parent company so much so that they are going to spin off Old Navy to be its own store rather than being over owned by Gap. And soon you'll be able to see an Old Navy being traded on the public market because it is performing that well. And so it's the same thing of understanding why the Walmarts of the world are doing well and the Old Navies of the world are doing well is because they're able to provide a service that people want or they're able to provide something that people are willing to pay for. People are not willing to just go to Forever 21 anymore because it's just kind of like, eh, all the stuff you guys are giving me, it's not good enough. The deals you guys have are not good enough. Unless people have that belief in their head that if I go to this store, I will find what I want at the price that I want it, and it will be what I want it to be when I get back home. A lot of stores aren't able to do that anymore, like the Macy's of the world. We're seeing them file for bankruptcy, and now we're seeing Forever 21 do the same thing. And so it's just interesting to know what's going on in the retail market. However, this is another however that comes on the other side of it. Retail spending is up from the last report that came out, I believe, last weekend. Retail spending is up. So it's a good sign that consumers are willing to spend, but they're willing to spend in very particular ways. It's a good sign as a whole for retail, but also not a good sign as a whole for retail. Because as we can see with Forever 21... It's not everybody that's able to rack in that dough or able to bring in that money. It's very particular explorers that are able to hype that up and show that consumers are willing to spend if you're providing the right service for them. All right, moving on from retail to once again talking about CEOs and how CEOs are going to have to police themselves. And we've been talking about this. I referenced it earlier with the when we we're talking about the EPA rolling those waterway restrictions down. 145 companies wrote a letter to the U.S. Senate urging them to take some kind of gun control me- measure. 
Companies that were inclu included in this were Uber, Twitter, and Airbnb, to name some of the bigger companies that were featured on this. And th it's important to know, with all the gun violence and everything that's going on, the government isn't making any new stipulations, any new necessary stances or anything like that. And so companies are having to take that on themselves, just like we talked about Walmart putting the open carry thing into action telling customers they no longer want company uh customers coming in with open weapons carrying weapons openly or even on the other side the type of ammo that they will be selling to customers reducing the type of ammo they will be selling the customers and in the amount they'll be selling the customers so it's just interesting to know how companies have to take these things on themselves because at the end of the day they are a public facility people will go going to walmart people will go to movie theaters people will go to public parks people will go to all these places and they they have a right to have to feel that they have to protect their customers in one shape or form if the government isn't going to do it they'll have to implement rules for themselves to be able to do what they feel like they have to do in order to protect their customers and more importantly the money that the customers are bringing in because at the end of the day it's all about that bottom line if customers aren't coming to your to your store because they feel like it's not safe if customers aren't coming to the movie theater because they feel like it won't be safe then you're, then you're losing a lot of money and that's why these ceos wrote this letter and then on the other hand they're seeing what's happening in new zealand in case you don't know in new zealand they just put in a ban on military style weapon and implemented a six month buyback or my, my bad not a six month they implemented a buyback for those kind of guns so in other words let's say you had a machine an ar an automatic rifle and they just put this ban into place that, like you can't have this anymore they will pay you back full price for that weapon to get it out of your hand because you're because six months ago there was a uh, suspected white supremacist who gunned down 51 people at a mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand. And so it's just, th they saw that happen and they had an instant reaction to tell, to say, we need to do something about this. We can't just have, allow this many people to die for just because somebody didn't agree with what they believe because somebody felt that they needed to take some kind of action against them they said we needed to do something and implemented this buyback policy and it's just it just makes you reason and think why can't we have that in the united states as well if we're seeing this being done in other countries why can't that be implemented we're not saying you can't have your guns we're not saying that but we're saying we have to have some kind of something to be able to protect people the general public as a whole so we can have something going. I'm not saying, it's, it's it, yes, it's your amendment right. It's your right to carry weapons. But at the same time though, just because you feel that, oh, these people are still gonna have their guns and get it illegally, it doesn't mean that we don't do something to at least make it harder for people to get guns, at the very least. But anyway, that's 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 besides the topic. But it's, but it's just interesting to note and see that these CEOs are focused on making sure that they're doing something to protect their customers or rather to protect their money that's coming in through the hands of customers. So just a, a quick final note, we talked about the Porsche Taycan or Taycan, my bad, last or maybe last or two podcasts ago and how electric cars are a big uh, thing and it's kind of, it's not hidden. And remember I said the thing that I, even I won't buy an electric car, even as much as a tech head I am, I won't buy an electric car. So there was a study done by E.ON, which is a major European energy newsletter in Germany on German consumers. 
And it's a key note to note about German consumers. Germany is the largest pr producer of of cars. They are the number one exporter of cars in the world for the most part. They're well, I would say the number one. They're one of the biggest exporter of cars, and they're also home to a lot of the big car companies. You all, you should know this. Audi is in Germany. Mercedes is in Germany. Uh, Volkswagen wagon is in Germany. Lambo is in Germany, etc., etc. So there's a lot of companies that are based in Germany that make cars. But the interesting notes about electrical cars and them being doing the study in Germany, they found that only 16% of people in Germany are willing to get an electric car. Now this is a big deal because there's a huge push for electrifications of cars, which is good, which is necessary. That needs to be the next step. However, companies are seeing the two type, two sides of the of the coin. Where electrific electrification, my gosh, that hard, that word is hard to say, is the move, but the profitability of that move is not there yet. It's the same problem that Tesla is having. Tesla is selling a lot of Model 3s, yes, but the problem is it's still not there yet. And the, the reason why people are not interested in getting a, a electric car is just basically one, the pricing is still very premium. I said it the last time. It's too expensive. The Model 3 is not cheap. People say, well, it's only $35,000. But the thing is, with cars, that is your starting point. $35,000 doesn't get you what you actually need. The, the range you need is when you go up to the $40,000 range for it to be your everyday car. And so with that in mind, most people will just be like, nah, I'm not buying this thing because it's just not there yet. So, and then the other thing, like I said, the limited range on the batteries and just the large of charging infrastructure, because it would be one thing if you had places where you could charge your car, but it's a whole other thing where you just don't have that available yet. And so these are some of the things that I've been talking about and I've mentioned, I didn't need Solve to tell me the thing that I was already seeing with my own eye. Well, we're already seeing it everywhere. Until we get to the point where we're actually having these charging stations. That's part one. And then part two is that the government is enforcing these companies to use a universal charging port, which is the same. It's the pr same problem we're having with iPhones versus Androids. Androids use USB-C. iPhones say, no, we are going to use lightning port. And then it becomes a problem. It's the same problem we used to have in the past with all the different types of the different types of plugins that phones had where nobody had the same type of charger it's a problem until the government forces everybody to use the same standard of charging so that we can begin to develop a web of charging infrastructure available we're not going to see the profitability or companies are not going to see that profitability where people are actively seeking to go buy an electric car over a gas car I mean, most people today are still going to buy a gas car over an electric car just because of the way, the ease of use when it comes to a gas car. And so that's, that's, that's just an interesting note since we've been talking about electric cars recently. And finally, before I leave you, I got to put a smile on your face before you get out of here. You must be smiling. We have been talking about a lot of serious things. I can't just leave you like that. I have to put smile on your face. Why are you sad? You shouldn't be sad. It's a new day. You are alive. You are walking up and down. So let me help you smile. So, did you know that male bees blind queen bees to ensure they do not find other mates? However, and here's another part of it. Queen bees kill the male bees during coitus. So it's, uh, I guess both parties win. The male blinds the female 
the female kills the male. All during the act of coitus. <sighs> but I guess they both get what they want. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I got for y'all. It's been your boy Kelechi. And thank you all for listening to the Rambling Mind Podcast. Please leave a review on whatever service you're listening to this on. And give me them 5 stars, 5 stars, 5 stars review. And share this podcast with all those who you believe it can help. Or even those who it may not help. But get them listening. They might get something out of it. I'll talk to y'all later. God bless y'all. Peace.